Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let Jeff Teal come up and introduce Luke and his lovely wife. We were just honored today. And uh, Jeff, I want you to just share what a blessing this couple is. Amen. Amen. I've known Luke and Elizabeth for probably, well, I know over 25 years and uh, through Foursquare Church. And um, he has an awesome heritage and, and men of God that he have, has labored with. And, um, but I wanted to just make mention, you know, that sometimes um, there are people who have labored <clears throat> for the kingdom of God in places as they have in Nigeria where there's oppression uh, from in different realms that we don't even experience, governmental oppression and um, poverty that, you know, is hard for us to grasp. You know, we can only imagine, okay, Lagos is a city, well, the capital city, and he informed me yesterday, 17 million people in that one city. Take Marion County in Indianapolis and, and multiply it by 17, and then take that and... Okay? Yes. So he is not, he is a pastor um, and an o- district overseer of, of several churches. So um, as I was standing back there just praying about this, the Holy Spirit just moved on, on me and said, you know, there are times when people who labor for things and for the kingdom of God and have breakthrough in areas that they can take to someplace else and bring breakthrough and healing. And I can tell you by, by experience from myself that this morning that they bring something, they carry a mantle of humility and holiness that <laughs> I, have, I don't find much, okay? And I just want to be around him and I just want to soak around that. And when I know he's in the States, I want other people to in- experience you know, this anointing that they carry. And I believe this morning that some of you, many of you, are going to get a breakthrough or a healing uh, and, and out of disappointment and sometimes even out of our own lethargy of, God, I want you more, but it's I'm finding it hard to break through. And I believe this morning, this is what he, they, he carries this. And I can speak from experience that God loves you so much that he will bring someone from across the ocean to speak a word into your life, into my life, yes. and bring breakthrough. And I know this because my wife and I were on the brink of destruction and, and divorce years ago. And God brought this man to speak into our life and to save a marriage. And God, I'm serious, and he used this man. And he's anointed man of God, and I find it a privilege and an honor just to call him up to this mic. Something the Lord spoke to me. Luke, would you come on up? Um, The Lord really showed me that uh, if you would stretch forth your hand towards us right now. And I, I, want, I want to pray and pray over you. So, Heavenly Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that every ear would be opened, every eye would be opened, and Lord God, every heart would be opened this morning, Lord Jesus, to the word and to the anointing that is upon this man. Lord, we thank you for him, and we thank you for your anointing Holy Spirit that is here. And Lord, we open ourselves to you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us into places that we may have not wanted to hear. Oh, yes, that places we may have not wanted to see. Jesus is looking to speak to us this morning in places that we need to hear and see. Through this man. So, God, we open ourselves to you. We love you. We submit ourselves to you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And by the way, he's going to be at the barn tonight at 6 30. Uh, Dave Knoll's going to be uh, ministering in music. So, it'll be an awesome time. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, um, 
It's an honor to be here today, my wife and I. And I want to thank Pastor Eric and his wife. I've seen the two sons and everyone on the board of this church. Everybody. I want to say thank you. I also want to especially thank um, Jeff and Theresa for making it possible. We didn't know this place. They brought us here. And I believe that God will be honored. Now, I am such a person that I've come to the point in my life that I may overdo some things, but I truly believe that all that Jeff said, they might be true, but I believe that the only thing that I want everybody to pick out of it is not that Luke had accomplished anything, but that God has been good to Luke. It's all to the glory of the Lord. Nothing more than that, that God has shown grace to Luke. So, I want um, you to open your Bibles today as we share the word of the Lord. The first place I want to read is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I want to read just verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse... <laughs> is, is that fun? <laughs> okay. Um, I read verse 5. said, You shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Just flip a little further to chapter 10. I will read verse 12. Ah, sorry. I forgot to let you know that I know more than Jeff and Theresa, that I know somebody else. I know... <laughs> I know Mike, Mike Brown, and his wife. He came, the last time we were here, he came to visit with uh, Jeff, and he prophetically put us beyond the sky, playing the guitar and singing prophetically. Mike, thank you. God bless you. I'm sure you are still doing that. Of course, I saw it also this morning. All right. Now... Um, chapter 10 in verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Still, permit me to call you to come further to New Testament this time in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 and 38. Thirty-seven says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. May the Lord God bless the reading and the hearing of his word in our hearts in Jesus' name. Permit me to share with you with the time allotted to me this morning a very simple topic. 
very simple subject. I've called it God's priority commandment. God's priority commandment. You know what priority is? If you are talking in quality, when you talk about priority, you are talking about superiority. No? Something that is higher in rank, or whether in position, or in merit. And also, if you are talking about, if you are talking about uh, uh, it on the other side, you are talking about preference. Something that should be preferred. Something that takes before any other thing takes. And what should that be? That is love for God. That the priority commandment of God for you and for me is that we love him. Can't you find how in the house of God, several times by the grace of God, we have been behind the podium. Um, this should be the, don't know, 30, 35 years or so from the from 1980 to this time. And I have tried to find out what makes people to come to church and they are sad. They are inside. No expression. Even though we know that somebody said this and I believe it is according to the word of God that any impression that is not expressed brings depression. Any impression that you fail to express will bring depression. And I believe that nobody seated under the sound of my voice this morning will tell me that you are not impressed by what Jesus did on the cross. When you read places like John chapter 16, uh, chapter 3 in verse 16, that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I think that that is impressive enough that should impress everybody, even the devil. I believe so. But why is it that we do not express it? You know, I sat down to make that research. We have been dealing with people all these years that I mentioned to you. I find out that the bottom line is how much I love God. If I do not love God, I may do some superficial things, I may do some intellectual things, I may do some social things, but all of these things will be a mere duty. You know, duty. And when you do things dutifully, or you worship God dutifully, or you sing dutifully. What else can I do? I have the talent to sing. Let me just go ahead and sing. I want to sing in the choir. I want to do this. I want to do that. But if we do not do all of these things based on love, on the platform of the love that we have for God, we will get tired easily. And that's why you have burnout from the pulpit and from the podium. And I wonder, why should anybody hook up with God and be sorry about it? I think it was in this, in this same land, this same um, Newcastle in 1987. 
Foursquare Church, I don't know why it is from this point, but in Foursquare Church here in Newcastle, I came around that time and ministered. Uh, Mike Warner brought me around when um, Daniel, Daniel uh, was the pastor. No, not Daniel. McDonald was the pastor at that time. And while some of the guys that met me in church were really in friendship with me, we went from one house to another house for dinner, for lunch, for this and for that one. And we were really having good fellowship. I didn't know what happened to um, one of the ladies. I can't even think who she was or where, she, where we were at the time. And she told me and said, Pastor Luke, are you sorry that you are a Christian? I said, what? <laughs> if I'm not a Christian, what should I have been? You know, I have never, uh, if for God's sake, all to the glory of God, have not been a bad boy at any time. You know, if you talk about moralism and all this um, churchianism and religiosity and all of that. You know, I grew up with all of these things. But when I was 23, reading an article, in fact, it came from here. I sent for it. And it came to me from Los Angeles. It was an article that it's called, at that time, I have not seen it um, lately, but it was heard of his coming. I don't know who among you that ever found it. It looked like newspapers. But I sat down this day, I believe it was the, days, the, the day of the Lord for me. And then I sat down, I read everything referred to the scripture quoted in that article and arrived from that time. That's all I can say. And here I am today. And if you ask me, I do not know anything that is significant in life that you have relationship with God. Every other thing is immaterial. And that is why God said to Moses, now tell Israel that God, I, their God, I am one. What is it that I want from them? What is my priority? Why did I create them? I created them for relationship. I created them for affection. I created them for devotion. That you will give all that you have in response to my demonstration of love for you. And he said that. How did he say we should love God? Let me read it again. In Deuteronomy chapter, five, chapter 6, in verse 5, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Brethren, sirs, and mans, I've come all the way from across the Atlantic to submit to you that bless God for everything you have in this country, all the opportunities you have, except that you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. All of these things will be passing away someday. It is where your heart is with God that will matter at the end of the day. You know, I have seen how things that are transient, things that are 
that are passing away had drawn away our hearts, even in the church. I don't know how you are here. I have just come to humbly and passionately deliver to you what God has given to me to give to you. With all due respect, and not as a superstar, but as one who is also growing in grace. That what we need to do in our lives is that we show this God our love. Love for God. It is love for God that will sustain you in the time of trials. I've seen people who say, oh God, God, you have not done this. I will serve you anymore. Wow, what a mistake. If I don't serve God, he is God. If I serve him, he is God. Even if I go now writing all the books and fill the library of the world's learning, the universities, I fill the library of them with books, there is no God. That will still make no difference. He is God whether I say yes to it or not. But why is it that God wants us to love him? Is it so that God will improve? Is it so that God will be better? No. It is all for your good and for my good. Because we have nothing to add to what God is. God's priority commandment is that you will love him, that I will love him. Young people in the house, please listen to me. We have everything that tries to draw you away today. We have everything trying to draw you away from God. And those of you who are privileged to have your dad and your mom in the church showing you the word of the Lord, the devil, one way or the other, is trying to tell you, no, your parents, they don't know better. The time they grew up, there was no computer. The time they grew up, there was no iPhone. The time they grew up, there was no, no iPad, no all of these things. So to make you to come to the church is like covering your face so that you will not see what is going on in the world. Can I submit to you that that is a lie from the pit of hell? I regret that I gave three, 23 years of my life to the devil. Even though I have told you I was not a bad boy, I didn't get involved with all the things that teenagers and youth were getting involved at that time. No, 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 no. God kept me from all of those. But then I was still not a Christian. That day I told you that that decision was made by his grace. And I said, I, when I got up from the seat where I was at that day, and it, I had something. It's now that I know, and I'm sure it was God talking to me. I had something that said in my spirit, man. He said, son, you would have died and go to hell. I said, no, not me. I said, what, who, whose daughter did I ever harass? Whose money did I ever take away without permission? Oh, who did I do anything really bad and all that? He said, yes, son, you would have died and go to hell. I said, why? He said, because you had no relationship with me through my son, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I melted away. And if you see me behind the podium today, it is for that purpose. That I will make myself an instrument for God to make people to understand this fact. 
that nothing in the world that is important as having relationship with God. So please, as you listen to me, listen so that God can say something to you today. Something that will sustain you in hours of trial. Something that will keep you away from the crowd. You know, many of us do things today. It's not because we know what we are doing is right. It's not because we want to drive any benefit out of it, but because we see everybody doing it. And then we think that whatever everybody is doing is right. But I have come to say to you, rather than what everybody is doing being right, what everybody is doing is really contrary to the ways of the Lord. Because the devil is driving, driving the public, driving the, 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 the government, everybody. It is when you come to church, when you pick the word of God, and look at it. And I'm so, so happy that Jesus came back to quote the scripture that Moses put down for the people of Israel. And Jesus coming and quoting it again, he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind, this is the first and the great commandment. Do you know that if I love God, if I love God, if I love God, I will not either intentionally go contrary to the ways of God. If I love God, I will desire to do his will. If I love God, I will give towards his work. If I love God, I will do things that will be pleasing to God. I will favor the things of God. But because we don't love God, that's why when some people, I don't know how it is here, but back home, sometimes some family will get angry and then they will leave the church and they say, oh yeah, pastor is not preaching well. Oh, pastor is not doing this. They are spending so much time in the church. And the same person that left the church for because the pastor is preaching long, we go to the house and he will spend the rest of the day on the screen. <laughs> and how can you love the screen, loving the Hollywood more than you love God? What is the pastor saying to you? Pastor is saying, hey, God is your life. Do you know that the stuff with which we were made is God? Therefore, the Bible says that he created man in his own image and likeness. So the only thing that can sustain a man, a woman in life is God. Amen. Jesus came back and says, I am the true vine and you are the branches. He said, without me you can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely. And you know, uh, uh, we have come to the point that we can love every, every other thing. We love hamburger. hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we love, uh, we love uh, uh, everything. But what we find it difficult to love is God. One day God told me, he said, son, do you see, man can fear anything except me. He said, they fear everything. You fear IRS, you fear the government, you fear, is it IRS? The, the, the tax people, all right? You fear them. You fear all kinds of things. But do you fear God? When you come to church and the pastor is preaching, does it make sense to you? 
Do you respect the word of God? Sometimes when the word of God is going on, some of us will be sold out. Although you are seated, but your heart is not there. Can I call back your, back your mind? In, 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 um, in Proverbs chapter 23, I believe, in verse 26, it says, My son, give me your heart and let your heart observe my ways. The heart is the most important asset we have. And that is the one we give the least attention. We can get all the, all the lotion, the most expensive one. We rub. We do all. I'm not criticizing that. They're all good. But how much time do we give to our hearts? Do we feed our hearts with the word of God? Do we let the word of God prune our thoughts, our hearts, and see what is at the center of my heart? Do we do that? And yet that's what we, we ought to do. Proverbs also says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it comes the issues of life. And those of you who are biologists, who are in medical field, or, or who know things about, about life, anatomists, all of you, you know that they said that the heart is the, is the seat of the will. And of the mind. And so everything centers there. We need to begin to love God. Our love for God must be sincere. It must be spiritual. And that's why he says, with all your heart, to make it spiritual, to make it rather than being superficial, oh God, when the bank account is so large. Why would you not jump and shout and praise the Lord? But when it is lean, what do you do? And it's where, what you do when it is lean, that's what matters. It's not when you, what you do when you are healthy. When you have health challenge and you've been praying, the pastor had prayed like some of you were prayed for this morning, and if it has not gone, would you still love God? We ought to come, because the things that happen around the world today, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not the judge, I'm not the one to make the decision, but I've made the decision for myself that everything I do the rest of my life is just to make sure that I please God and help him or help out to make my own contribution that Revelation chapter 13 verse 11 or 11, 13 or 11, 15 will be fulfilled. It says that the Kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our God and his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. That's what I'm living for. Oh, I have needs. I have needs. Oh, yes. But the priority of my need is to see Jesus glorified. Because at the end of the day, that's what will matter. That's what we count. Every other thing we go. So in this country, we should begin to we should begin to come to streamline because there are so many, many things. You know, when I came to this place, I began to see that you can now unlock your door with a card. You know, a card. I was blown away. I was blown away. But this time, this time, on this visit, 
We attended the Foursquare Convention at Disney World in Orlando, Florida. And when we arrived there, they gave us the two pieces of those cards. And like, as usual, I was going with confidence that I knew what to do with the cards. <laughs> but when I got to the door, there was no opening to insert the card. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, we are in the wrong room. Let's go back. While we were going, a couple who had gone to their own room, they were coming out of their room. They said, what are you looking for? I said, we were looking for our room. He said, okay. And he said, okay, it might be that way. While we were going, he said, come. And when we came back, the same room where I couldn't see a hole to insert the card, he just carried the card and flapped it like this, and the door opened. I said, my God. I say, my God, this is, this is a bushman coming here. <laughs> and so you see how far we are going technologically. Technologically, we are going so fast. Look at the iPad that came yesterday. You have a linear iPad. And mi miniature. Okay, mini. All right? Everything is going so fast. Scientifically, they are going so fast. The church needs to arise. We need to show love for God. Because the more those people advance, the less they think of God. It is the church that will stand up and tell the world, tell the government that if you do anything, you are politically strong, you are economically strong. If you are spiritually weak, your weakness will overtake your strength. We don't have much to say to you except this. Let's love God. If we love God, we serve him as king. Some of the things I say to my congregation or, or, or people of God, wherever I have opportunity to face them, I say, come on. When the word of God is going on, you are not paying attention. When prayer is going on, you are not paying attention. When worship is going on, you are not paying attention. I say, is the God you are serving the same one, the seraphs? In Isaiah chapter 6, the Bible says that when they came, they had two, uh, six wings. With two wings, they covered their feet. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they did fly. I say, and as they fly, they sang, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Is it the same God you are serving? And God does not impress you. You hear the name of God, you are still the same thing. You come in and out of church. You are looking for pastor that will preach your mind and will preach what you want to hear. Ah! I said, whoa. Have you thought about their covering their faces? They said to God, you are full of mysteries. I can't even imagine to quest. I can't even imagine to question you. Whatever you say, I believe it. And so they cover their faces. All their curiosity, all their curiosities, all their curiosities. They put it aside, cover their faces. Say, God, you are full of mystery. We believe in your supremacy. We believe in your sovereignty. We believe that you are God Almighty. We cannot, we cannot do anything about it. And with two of their wings, they cover their feet to say, God, we submit to you. We have no place to, sub, to stand except in you. Can we do that? Is this the same God? Now we too, they did fly. They're now serving God. They're flying. 
And you go down to uh, 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 Revelation chapter 4, chapter 5. The Bible says, as the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world picked that scroll, which nobody in the whole world could open. And John was about crying. And then one of the elders said to him, he said, weep not, for the lion of the tribe of Judah is coming. And that lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world just came and picked his scroll and opened it. And the whole angels, all the angelic forces, they all fell down. Oh, and they began to worship. They say, worthy are you to receive all glory. Honor. For you created all things for your pleasure. You created them all. And while they were worshiping, the Bible says they all bowed down and laid down their crown. What were they saying? Even though you have crowned us, but we know our own crown is subject to yours. You are the Almighty. You are the great I am. We should worship him. As Mike and Co. begins to play the instrument, we should all give God. He's not asking us. We give money, oh yes. We give everything, oh yes. But what God is asking is your heart. Affection. Give it to him in worship. Give it to him in fellowship. Give it to him in devoted work. Give it to him. And that's what God is asking for. When we have people that love God, gathered together, they can take a city. Love God. There is no substitute to God. No substitute to righteousness. No substitute to holiness. No substitute... And when we hear those words I mentioned now, we recall. We say, oh God, he might say what I'm doing. No, I'm not saying what you are doing. Whatever you are doing, I'm saying love God. Because when you love God, you are not going to do what is wrong. And we are waiting for a long list catalog of don't do's and do's. No, that's not what we need. All we need is heart, heart that is full of love towards God. And when you have that for your spouse, there won't be need for breaking and fighting and taking one another to court. We, we do what is right. Love for God brings sanctification. Love for God brings stability in faith. Love for God brings sustenance. It will sustain you. When the devil comes to threaten you, you remind the devil that you have somebody you love. And that person first loved you. I don't know, but there was a case, a story I had a long time ago. I don't know if you, have, if you have heard another version of it. But that story says the, this couple, they were driving, and it was a very inclement weather. And they, as they were going, the, the, the vehicle had a problem on the way at a very, very uh, dangerous corner of the road. And so the wife was agitated. You know, wives, God bless you. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and, and the wife was agitated. The wife complained. Oh, yeah, run around. And the man went to the car and brought out his sword and went face to face with the wife. And the wife did not run. He waited. He said, why did you not run? Why, did, why were you not afraid? He said, because I know you love me. He said, why then are you agitating? We have God who loves us. And he knew that we are here. 
He knows what to do. When we know that God loves us and we love him, we will not follow the trend of the day. We will not follow the trend of the day. I say it again, we will not. We will begin to love God. And several years ago, before I left this country in, in 1990, a man was preaching. One of the men that used to preach in, on radio, and he was preaching. He said, seven sins of America. I can't remember them anymore, but I took note of them. But one of the days he was preaching, he said, a man picked on Americans. He said, you said, and a man from England picked on Americans. He said, you said you don't have king and you don't have queen. He said, but I will prove you wrong. He said, your king is sports and your queen is um, entertainment. And, you know, that, that, that was... Now, what's the point I'm making? Do you know we have loved entertainment more than we love God? Not just in America. In my country, if Nigeria is playing soccer with another country, even pastors will prefer staying home than going to church. And so we see many things that have taken our, our lives. Some of us, we love our spouses more than we love God. We love our grandchildren more than we love God. We have idolized a number of things. Maybe the money we have, the house we have, the car we have, the opportunity we have, our jobs. We are being called back by Jesus himself that we should return and give our love to him. When we love him, he gives us what we need. It is not what we need first. It is God's first. May God bless you as you think and ponder upon the word of God this morning. I put down some things here, but I don't even know how much I have gone. But I'm going to ask you to know that you need to test where is your heart. Now, how do you know whether you love God or you don't love God? It is how you think of him, even in the church. How does his name ring to you? Do you hear the name of God and you are still going your own way? When the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, in verse 5, he said, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. I, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. May God direct your path. May God help us, you and I, that we will love God passionately. That we will love God enough to quit from committing evil, committing sin. That we will love God enough to bow to him, to give to him. I didn't have time to show you those who love God. People like Joseph in a foreign land. Joseph had opportunity to have illicit sex with his master. This woman, according to the word of God, was driving him crazy. At a time, she became insane almost. Grabbing the young boy. The young boy decided to let everything in order to escape. He said, how can I, your master had given me everything to keep, to manage, except you, because you are his wife. How then do you want me to do this wickedness yeah. against God? But today, 
You see, we do things. The same thing that the devil used to put man into trouble. When the devil went to Eve in place of serpent, he said, has God said you should not eat any of this fruit? God, He said, no. He just said we should not eat this one, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, don't mind God. God is a tricker. He knows that the day you will eat this one, you will become like God. A man ate. Where are we today? That shows that we might ignore, ignore some laws, ignore things, but we cannot ignore the consequence. Look at those of you, if you are not athletes here, you know there are rules to be observed. If you ignore the rules, you bear the consequences. Even if you win, they will strip you of the prize. Think of, of, of David. Think of David. Loved God so much. The point he had opportunity to serve God free. Aurora said, I give you the animal. I give you the land. Build the altar for God. I will supply the animal for you to sacrifice. David says, God forbid that I will sacrifice anything that does not cost me something. Think about the woman that Jesus delivered from demonic oppression and possession. And when she came showing love to God, she brought a costly perfume. And the Bible says she broke it and used it. Used her hair as she was crying, wiping the feet of Jesus, and some guys were protesting about it. They said, why do you have to waste this this expensive thing, should we not sell it and give to the poor? Jesus said, you have the poor always, but me, you don't have always. And the Bible says, Judas was saying that not because he loved God, but because he was a thief. Brothers, can we tell you about Abraham, who loved God so much, to the point that he waited to get a child for 25 years. And after getting the child, God said, give me your child, the child you love, the son you love. God put that to make him know that what God was asking was his own life. What did he do? He took off to go and sacrifice his son. It was at the point of wanting to slaughter. God said, no. And he looked and saw the animal. And that's how we have Jehovah Jireh. God that supplies all that we need. Why did he do that? Because he loved God. And he obeyed even when it was inconvenient. Even when it was not, not proper. Ah! The son that I waited for 25 years, you want me to sacrifice? But he was wise enough to know that it was God that gave him the son in the first place. But we get something from God. We behave like children. If you give a, a child candy, you say, give me. Oh, no, no. We behave like that. But God is saying to us this morning, Pastor, I, I know I must have taken your time, but I'm, I'm going to quit in a moment. But I just want to drive this in home. Brothers and sisters, I, I humble my heart as I speak to you. We all need to show the world that we have God who rules the whole earth. We shouldn't be where others are. I, I read a, a, an account of a woman and there was an earthquake in her environment. And she was 
seated, not agitated, not troubled. At the end of the day, so those who observed her calmness came to her and said, you were so calm at the time of the, of the um, earthquake. What was your secret? He said, yes. I'm so glad to have a God that can shake the world, that can shake the earth. And so she knew that even though there was an earthquake, but it was her God that was shaking the earth. He had the power to say earthquake stop. He had the power to say continue. This is the God we are serving. Let's let all the perverted thinking of God that the, the technology and, and the science and all the new, new age and all the, all the satanic beliefs around the world had pumped into the spirit man of people. Let's give them and brush them out. God is God. We need to serve him. We are all tenants to God. And we need to serve him acceptably. And the only way to serve God acceptably is to serve him out of love. Conrain concern. Continue to love him. Continue to love him. You see the love that we see around us today. Most of the times between men and women, between boys and girls, they are all mere infatuation. They are infatuating against each other, uh, towards each other. And that's why after, as soon as we now finally marry, mm, trouble. Because it's not deep-rooted love that stems off from Christ. Love is, is commitment. Love is a choice. Love is something you work that takes all your heart. Thank you. May God bless you. I pray that as I hand over to the pastor, I believe there are those that we need to surrender their lives to Christ today. I believe that there are those who we need to make decision that know that you know it, that all that you have been doing, even coming to your church is not because you love God. You taught in that Sunday school is not because you love God. You give your tithes, you knew, you knew it, that it was not because you love God. And you are hearing today that God is saying, love me. This is my priority commandment to you. And you are saying, oh, brother, I want to make a commitment. I'm handing over to Pastor Rick to lead you. So that those of you who can surrender their lives to Christ will do that. Knowing that that is the basic, the bottom line. That after we have loved God, one day we will see him face to face. May God bless you. Thank you, Luke. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If we could put on some music, I want everybody just to... Uh, Let's, let's take some inventory, if we could. And the truth is that we have all not loved God in the way that He deserves to be loved. Is that not true? Will you just take some time right now for you personally, if everybody would just close your eyes. And I just want to ask by the power of the Holy Spirit right now, where has your personal love for God been? Because in a room this size, there's a chance that 50% of the people in here really have not made a commitment to Christ. But they've been going through the motions, they've been doing it out of duty. And possibly not out of love. Would you take a personal inventory right now of your own love to God?
Because even as Pastor Luke shared, we have had kings of sports and we've had queens of entertainment. We've had other things that have been stealing the affection of our hearts and have been distractions. Teenagers, you have many things that have distracted your heart from the living God. From the living God. And I myself have had distractions. But I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit today. Did you? I felt the Spirit of God convicting me, Eric Haler, of areas of my own devotion to God. And I had to say, Lord, I'm sorry. And I had to confess to the Lord. And I thank Him for His grace. I thank Him that He is quick to forgive. He is quick to remove those things. But would you allow the precious Spirit of God to convict you personally? Maybe you want to kneel at your chair. Maybe you want to come to the altar and do business with God. Maybe you need to repent to a brother or sister in the Lord that you have been at odds with or your spouse. Whatever's gotten in the way of your love and your devotion to the Lord, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all of your soul, with all of your strength. You shall have no other gods before me, says the Lord. For I am a jealous God, is what the Lord spoke last week. He said he was a jealous God and he was wanting you. And Pastor Luke has come all the way from Nigeria to bring us to a point of decision by the Spirit of God. Who will you love? Who will you love? Yourself? Your things that pass away? Or will you love Jehovah, the King of glory? I ask you to make a decision for the Lord today. I ask you all to surrender your love to Him. If you're here today and you've never made that commitment to Christ, you've never given your heart to Him, I want to help you right now. And you're saying, oh my gosh, there's everybody here, I know. But the Bible says that if you will not deny Him before man, He will not deny you before His Father. And so if you're here and you're wanting to make things right with God, please come forward and just kneel before the altar. We will not embarrass you. Just kneel before God and say, God, I want to love you and I'll help you. And we'll transition that and we won't embarrass you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day for all of us to give our love to God. If you would stand with me, everyone just stand. I still feel like God's wanting some of you to respond to Him. And I want the altars to be open. We have the ministry team. The ministry team, if you would, come forward. I want to make this not easy. I want to make this right. I want you to have an opportunity to give your love to God today. 
Let's say this to the Lord together. Father, I have been distracted. I've had other lovers. I've put many things before you. And I am so sorry. And I confess that I only need you. That you are the one that satisfies. You are my God. You are my God. And I give myself to your authority. I give my life to you. And I make a choice today to love you only. In Jesus' name. I love you. I love you, Lord. Lord, we love you today. And Lord, we give you our lives. And Father, I thank you for bringing Luke and Elizabeth all the way across that ocean to confirm a word that you've speaking, been speaking to us for weeks of putting first things first, of maturing and growing, God. And so, Father, I thank you. I bless them. I pray your blessing over their ministry, over their family, over their churches, oh God, that you would grant them your power and your anointing, God. That, God, they would continue to declare the good news that you, Jesus, are the King of kings, that you are the Lord of lords, and to continue to give themselves to you in your glory. But, Father, we receive the word, and I know, God, that this word is going to produce a harvest of righteousness and peace. That, God, you're going to do something in us in the weeks ahead as we devote ourselves to you, the Lord of glory, the Lamb of God, the King of kings. We choose to make you the King of our lives. We want to be a passionate, aggressive lovers of you, God, forsaking all others and clinging only to you. And so, Lord, we love you and we give you praise and glory. We thank you for the redemption of our lives. We thank you for redeeming us from the curse. We thank you for being the glory and the lifter of our heads. We thank you, God, for who you are and how you've set us free. And so, Lord, help us to streamline our lives and to bring everything into focus, putting first things first, loving you, and loving others. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm going to keep the altars open. And if you would, we're just going to dismiss at this time. God bless you. But just be respectful. I still believe if there's some here who you need help, you're going through something, we want to pray with you and we want to help you. But God bless you. We love you in Jesus' name. Have a great day. Amen.